G'day everyone and welcome back to the 78 Amps podcast. My name is Max Higgins and I'm joined by one of the absolute heavyweights of the Aussie electronic music scene. What's so not? Welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm great, mate. How are we doing? Very well, thank you. Uh, we like to kick it off here on the show every week by finding out what you're listening to. So what's been spinning in your playlists or you know, you had some vinyl on recently? What's been, uh, what's been catching your ear? Man, I've really been into, like, I just did some shows with them and hung out with them in New Zealand. Bunshin and Amanu, you familiar with that those crew? I can't say I am, but oh. they're getting on the list now. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Very, very clever guys. They've got all their own Patreons. Like, they're young kids that are already at, you know, super high-tier production level, now teaching other young kids how to produce. And even older kids, I think. <laughs> um, but they're, they're Dutch boys, they're drum and bass boys, but they're sort of expanding out of that. It's really exciting to see. Um, yeah, so I think those are, those are two I'm really excited about. And you were just in New Zealand, uh, or maybe not just in, but pretty recently in New Zealand on mm. tour. Did, did you link up when you were there? Did you, did you perform some shows with these guys? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, me and, me and Bunchin actually had competing shows, but then he finished before I did and then he came went back to back with me at mine and then after my show me Quicks Oddmob and Amanu went back to back at Amanu's show like it was just a real fun family sort of get together you know um we went like grocery shopping and just walking around town and went to some cafes and uh played some video games made some music for a bit my computer actually died while I was there I'm very sad my logic board is dead and uh I'm, I'm in the middle of some pretty vicious uh data recovery processes that are making me a little unhappy but you know that happens too <laughs> you get that uh, on the big job sometimes one other person i'm super excited about who is actually on the album is uh is tech genesis if you're familiar with him he's another amazing producer he's actually from sydney um the other two just came to mind because um I was just hanging out with them the other day, but also they're all sort of in the same mix. They're all, they're doing really cool releases on some really cool labels and very, very advanced and forward thinking music production. Oh, right. That sounds, uh, sounds wicked. I will have to mm. be, I, I, they're all getting added to my list, put it that way. Fantastic. <laughs> your, uh, your latest single is on air that you, you collaborate with Lewis, the child on this one. Yes. And it, it's a pretty different direction to some of the previous singles that we've heard from, from your upcoming album. Do you want to give us the story behind, uh, behind this track? Yeah, sure. Um, so Jeremy and Captain Cuts, uh, they're, they're a group of great friends that I made when I was, um, I, I was backpacking through South America and I had a friend who ran these really cool music camps down there. And they're, they're very different from a lot of the camps are like, they're kind of a bit commercial. People just sort of duck in, do their thing and dip out. But this is one where it's like, hey, we're all in the jungle by the beach for a week. Like have, the abs- have an absolute ball and make the coolest stuff you can make. And um, I met the Captain Cuts guys and, um, and Germ there, became great, great friends. And then a few years later, um, they brought me down to Emo Night, which is this really insane like concept where... They got all the stems off uh, all the old emo bands from like the old labels <laughs> and the old managers and they started doing these dance music remixes, mashing it up with like my record or San Holo's record or whoever it might be with all these old like um, Panic at the Disco vocals and stuff, like really wild. <laughs> anyway, we were at that event and then we went back to um, their studio and they'd all been drinking. It was Joe's birthday. It was like, we we're just having a blast and we played this little game of like, all right, who can make the coolest thing out of the dumbest thing in the room? And I think it was uh, Ryan Raven from Captain Cuts picked up like this, this like plug-in together 
kid's toy saxophone made of plastic, like horrible looking, horrible sounding thing. I've got a picture of it if you want. Um, <laughs> and he, he just started jamming on it like ridiculously. And then I was like, oh, wait, I hear something really epic in that. And then I grabbed this one little part and then repitched it into a melody and then wrote some chords. And then we got a bit of a tonality going, some drum rhythm going, germ immediately. It was like, oh, I hear the whole vocal, tracks the whole vocal. Um, the guys did some piano work and some synthesis. And then we went and worked on it um, a little bit more, like probably like, I think it was, it might've even just before COVID we worked on it again or something like that. And then, um, and then uh, it wasn't until after COVID I was on to release the chart. It was actually like kind of on the album, like as it was, but I was like, ah, there's still something not quite right with this. Like I'd actually sent it off to the mix engineer and then pulled it back off. He was like, man, sorry, I've got to take this one back. It just doesn't feel like it's there yet, which is a bit <laughs> of a no-no when you're on deadline, but I had to do it. And then I showed it to Lewis the Child guys and um, I think it might've even been Robbie. I can't remember if it was Robbie or Freddie, but one of them was like, oh, what if you took your melody and just used a sound like this? And it was just this like very distorted um, sort of detuned saw wave. And I was like, oh, wow, this just like, puts the record right where it needs to be i already had those kind of tones going on with this diva with the bass line it was like the perfect fit and i sat with freddie and robbie a couple of times in la here um and we just kind of stripped the whole song back and then found what was important um add a few extra bits of synthesis and some drum programming and then um we sort of found that climatic end to the piece as well in the in that last chorus on air is kind of the the latest taste of uh your, your sophomore album anomaly which is kind of your first your first full length release since 2018. Mm. Obviously, you haven't been twiddling your thumbs, uh, you know, sitting around in that in that gap. What kind of was the impetus to kind of pull together a full length release at the moment? I mean, we had so much time there, man. Like I'd I'd already had this sort of half together before COVID, and then we had two years where we were all just like, well, what are we going to do? We can't go and do shows, so we just made music, <laughs> you know. Like that's all that's all I did. I just went surfing and made songs. And, um, what a I life. Think, yeah. I think the best thing for me was like, my life was so crazy and manic with all the traveling and touring and expectation and like, you just have to deliver, deliver, deliver in every facet, whether it's artwork shows or like the music itself. And this was the first time I could like sit down and reassess everything and be like, all right, what actually matters for this song? All right, do I understand this aspect of this genre enough to really execute what this song wants to be? So like Messing Me Up, for example, um, I actually was using ballet funk rhythms, but in a more cinematic way and less of that um, junkyard drum kit kind of way. So like just going and listening intensely to a genre that has no business belonging with that song, but that's how I found like the rhythm that it needed and then I would use alternate drums so it kind of sounds like its own thing and not like something else um and I uh, the first part of COVID I actually lived with Daniel Johns um who's a very good friend of mine who was so welcoming to to let me come and stay with him and a bunch of other people and kind of create this art commune um during COVID and then the next part was I moved to WA because WA was open and you could tour from there and I became one of the only that one of the only dance music headliners in Australia that could still do shows because I lived in an open state and wasn't constantly just getting, you know, the show was cancelled because I wasn't allowed to leave my home or whatever, <laughs> um, which was like 
in hindsight, like such a, a great move. Um, and I was so lucky there that Carl Shock One, who's an in- insane drum and bass producer, let me um, use his studio at night every day there. So I was, I was in heaven, man. I was surfing every day, working with Dan for like nine months straight, like time of my life. And then I moved to WA and I went and refined this album in a space where I could actually hear everything properly, which is actually kind of uncommon when you're having to tour and travel so much. Like I, I didn't have a home for about six or seven years there. Like literally didn't rent anywhere. I was just moving, moving, moving every three or four days. Um, so it was really, um, it helped me really evolve my production abilities, uh, being in that um, familiar space constantly. The, you mentioned that like kind of like this was half, this project was half done pre-COVID. It, was there anything, I mean, apart from finish that, finishing that second half, was there stuff that you'd worked on pre-pandemic that got fundamentally changed from from that those experiences and kind of what you were listening to and what you were experiencing through the pandemic? I would say, like, I wrote this, I was so lucky because what this album is about to me is just living life to its fullest and taking every opportunity that you can. And, like, in 2019, I was literally doing a festival show and I would go and camp there the whole weekend. We were like spacing <laughs> things out. I was like, no, nah, I want to be here. I want to feel this. I want to be a part of this. And it really helped me reconnect with where I started and what I wanted, um, what I wanted my music to be about. And I think it, it got this confidence and this, this energy and this impulse and this spontaneity to it from that. Um, and really what COVID and that time off allowed was the ability to, to subjectively take some time away from it and come back to it and observe it as a listener rather than as the creator. And I think it allowed me to be um, a lot more refined with, with how it turned out and make all the right choices without rushing into something or overcooking it because I'd heard it too much and didn't realize. On the album, you, you, you're working with some pretty massive names, uh, across pretty much all the tracks you've got people like dmas lewis the child as i mentioned and even killer mike from run the jewels which is yeah. sick <laughs> what uh, you know it's that's a very broad range of artists uh, and and performance styles how did you go you know when you when you're sort of producing your tracks and trying to blend these sounds into one cohesive kind of um sonic piece for the album how did how did that work for you i mean for me i just work with my friends you know i just like <laughs> i just I like cross paths with people and, you know, you're bumping around this industry and, and you either fuck with people or you don't. And you, you come across people and you're like, man, you're cool as shit or, or whoever it may be. And, and you're just like, let's get in the studio. Let's hang out. Let's do something. Or you do a session one day randomly with someone like Evan G. I, I, I think I'd vaguely heard of her. I think she might've done one song with Odessa, but, um, so she came and worked with me and, apparently it was her first session ever that was with another person, like besides her partner. And wow. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then we made, I think we made messing me up that first day. And, and it was so exciting. It was also with um, Martin from churches and I love Martin. He's such a great dude. And um, he's such a wizard at writing and he let me come over to his house and use all these synths with him. And that's how we sort of finished off that record. Um, Killer Mike, I had a show in Atlanta and I'd, I'd done that uh, Run the Jewels uh, edit and they loved it so much. And then Mike was um, really keen to do a verse and I played him a bunch of songs. 
And he, I played him the one with Oliver Tree, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. This is it. And I, I, was, I was in like, dude, I was in like the Outcast Studios, Stankonia, in Atlanta Fuck. with Mike and Mike's manager. And, um, I, I, um, and what was his name? Uh, Wrecking my brain. I think it was Cuz was his name. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was really tight. Um, all of it's kind of been stuff like that, you know, like you cross paths with people, you, you meet them, you get on a vibe and you get in and you make something magic. It sounds like between that, um, you, you know, having this album capture, you just wanted to live, live that, you know, the, the experiences that you're having and creating music with your friends. Do, do you feel like it was kind of almost like, hey, let's have a play session. Let's go out to each other's houses. My mom said, you're cool to sleep over. Let's just make some music while you're here kind of thing. Like, was that the vibe that you wanted to try to capture? Yeah. I like, I mean, that's how we should do it. I don't, I don't like this cold emailing, like sending beats. <laughs> like people look respect. Cause some people do this really well, but I do not vibe with like me personally sending a beat to someone and then just hoping they come back with someone good, something good. You know, it's like, I got to go and have lunch with them, hang out with them, get a coffee, whatever. Just talk to them for like an hour and a half. And then we get in the room and then we find this this common thread and this brain tentacle of what represents both of us, you know, rather than um, it just being this, I send something and then they do something and then we're like, yeah, that sounds pretty successful. Let's put it out. You know, like I, <laughs> I don't mess with that. <laughs> One of the one of the coolest things I think uh, about this album release is that you've put out an offer for people who pre-save the album that basically you'll pick one lucky listener, uh, you'll rock up to their house anywhere in the world, and you'll perform at their house party. Yes. Uh, first up, I'm, I'm assuming you've, you've been to some pretty crazy ones where you've been performing on the decks. Uh, what, what have been the craziest house party stories so far, and what are you trying to top? Oh, man, I don't even know I can talk about some of them. Like... <laughs> house parties get kind of crazy like we had the cops come to one and then we were like talking to the cops they were being really cool and like letting us do stuff that we probably shouldn't be allowed to do in like a suburban neighborhood and then some <laughs> random guy gets on the mic and just starts starting a f the police chant and then the cops like storm in and like dude I, that's like a polite one like you gotta that's, be that seems pretty <laughs> up here. you gotta get that's okay get, <laughs> these house parties they're like so renegade so yeah we have to be, <laughs> we have to be careful like even like we have to go and do them like i did a whole i don't know if you remember but i did this seven house parties in one night in sydney when they brought in when they brought in all those lockout laws and and literally all mm. the venues were starting to close down i think we've lost upwards of 160 venues or something now just in sydney which is crazy and yeah. We, I was like, all right, well, people still want to have fun and party. So um, we got a Sprinter van and we went around, did seven house parties in one night. And we actually had to be so careful about like not telling people where we were going and only posting <laughs> posting where we'd been. Um, but it was dope. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life, just like seeing that raw excitement of just being in people's homes and like little backyards and sheds and whatever it may be. Yeah. That's awesome. That so, rules. I'm, I'm, it's it's going to be amazing to do this concept, and I, I've had requests from like countries all around the world, from Korea to Iran and and wherever it may be. You know. Fuck. Well, if you you know if you were if you were the one who was uh, hosting the house party, 
What would be the ultimate uh, lineup on on the on the what's so not house party? Who's coming in? Oh, like what? Like guests? Or you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Persons? Well, or? well, guests. Or if you were if you if you were to say like, hey, I need some artists to play my house party. Who's who? Who are you put on the bill? Honestly, man, I'm putting the locals because I think that's so important for them and like such a important moment and finding good locals playing cool music and creating a culture in their own little micro community is what keeps dance music being an epicenter of amazing experiences for everybody so really that's who i would pick that's a that's a pretty good call the next you know the next big uh big act is waiting to blow up i like it (laughs) i mean all all the all the people i'm excited about they're just local guys who are like starting to cut through who might not even have a record label. You know, they're just like doing something really dope. And like, I know Tech Genesis still works, I think at like um, Coles. And <laughs> and, and, and Filler still uh, works uh, for, I think construction or something. And like, I know, like don't print this and show their bosses, but I don't think they really like it. <laughs> they, <laughs> we don't want to blow up anyone's spot here. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you know, but like I think they much prefer to be doing music full time, and um, and I hope they they get opportunity. I'm trying to do my best to put them on to make sure that they do. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be nothing better than turning around to the Coles night shift manager and being like, fuck you, I'm out. I'm going to make music. I'm going to play festivals. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's really cool and he's understanding and like lets them like cancel their shifts and stuff last minute. Like <laughs> just maybe the work is not what they really want to be doing, you know? Fair play, fair, fair play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you uh, you touched on very quickly there on, on your sort of work with Daniel Johns and uh, you featured in his uh, latest solo album and in a track that was pretty far removed from what i would call kind of the standard what's so not fair definitely how 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 comfortable did you feel playing in his space what what was that like for you well that's what we made when we were living together and we made endless amounts of that it's it's kind of (laughs) it's a whole new feeling and sound and i don't even think we used any soft synths it was all analog all recorded he had like a plethora of synths that he collected for decades around his house and i was just finding things and he was showing me things and it was one of the most exciting and um musically and creatively explorative times i've ever had i think do you think any of that uh that kind of material might work its way back into into your releases i mean obviously it's probably influenced but i mean in terms of releasing a song that is almost entirely in 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 that vein yeah, I mean, we wrote a lot of music and we've got some really big ideas about what we want to do with it. And that was the the first taste sneaking in there on his uh, solo record. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a good hook and tease. <laughs> Before I let you go, you've got some. Uh, you've got a show coming up in uh, WA at the Ice Cream, Fa- Ice Cream Factory Festival uh, later yes. in the year. But uh, your Newcastle and Brizzy dates for this, that got canned. Is uh, Can East Coast fans expect... A hint of something that might, where you might be swinging by next? Uh, yeah, we've got one thing. It's not announced yet. And we're working out a couple of others. COVID's just like the, the sort of rollout from COVID is a little tricky and, and everyone's kind of working things out again. This, the, the market is a little volatile, you know? Um, <laughs> but the gift I, that keeps on giving. Yeah. But I think that'll settle out soon, you know? It's just everyone has gone away and done such great work and then everyone's come back on at the same time and then there's 
uh, you know, ticket buyers are a, a little bit like, is this thing going to happen or not? You know, it's just <laughs> like, we're just still working through it. Like, yes, it's going to go ahead. It's going to be freaking fantastic. So let's get there. Um, just, you know, we've got to adjust as per the changes. Um, but I should be around Australia um, around New Year's. Um, and I'm trying not to play there too much because I want to do something very, very exciting next year. And, you know, you can't like, go, you can't go in and, like go do all your plays and then come back shortly after and expect there to be all the excitement. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to come and do a couple of little things. So it should be fun. I like the sound of that. Well, uh, yeah. On Air by What's So Not is out now to stream or buy on all your favorite services. And his star-studded second album, Anomaly, is coming out Friday, September 16th. Make sure to pre-save that for your chance to, to have What's So Not playing in your lounge room, anywhere in the world, wherever you are. Uh, international listeners can catch What's Not live in the US and at the Manana Tropical Festival in Indonesia in September as well as the Popodium 013 in Netherlands in November Aussie audiences as we mentioned can catch uh, What's Not at the Ice Cream Factory Festival in Perth during December and maybe some other little things coming up who knows (laughs) (laughs) exactly well uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, giving us a bit of time for a chat today no worries at all Max cheers mate don't be so scared to put your heart in I got mine right here on my sleeve I'll wake up to you every morning If we keep having nights like these We out here alone and it feels like we're floating on air Ooh, on air Who knows where we're going Feel like the beginning Of something that might never end I hear you talking when you're sleeping That's when you say what's on your mind I only hope you really mean it And I'm not just dreaming all the time 